What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Friday, March 6th. Is it the 6th? Yeah, it's the 6th, and I am here with episode number 200, part 2, from the beautiful All Things Comedy Studios here in Los Angeles, California, with uh, my new good buddy, Mike Flynn, sitting in, uh, taking care of me, and uh, doing all the shit that I would be ruining, uh, because I don't know any other way to do it than the way I've been doing it forever, and he's helping me, so uh, I'm excited about that. I want to thank everybody who... uh, is listening and downloading to part one. Thank Bill Burr and Joe Bartnick for jumping in. We had a great time with that one. But being this is 200 and being that the Verzi Effect podcast is always, you know, me doing the show 90% of the time alone. I didn't get enough. Uh, I didn't get to enough of the unacceptables, which I definitely want to do. We'll get to more of you guys' unacceptables. And I had to give you guys bonus time because this is a special episode. So this is going to be up. Uh, today or tonight, so you're going to get two, and then it's going to be a quick turnaround, and you're going to get episode 201 um, back on Wednesdays, so that's right, fuckers, that's what I'm doing for you on this one, all right, Um, first, I got to shout out the sponsor again, uh, the Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by gonzofame.com, go to gonzofame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today, uh, comedians like Doug Stanhope have been on there, Ralphie May. I mean, you name it. They have such in-depth, um, you know, interviews with these guys. Hannibal Burris. Uh, I have one on there. Joe, Joe Matarese. Recently, uh, Aaliyah Janine, uh, ex-porn star turned comedy uh, or stand-up comedian, I should say. She's on there. So check out Gonzo Fame, the, the uh the website's doing really well, uh, run by uh, funny up-and-coming comedian Dave Gavry over there from um, Chicago. Um, also, one thing that I did not mention on the last podcast, uh, and I wanted to make sure that I mentioned it on this one, was uh, something that is very near and dear to me, uh, to my heart, to my family, to my wife, is um, we're doing a benefit show at Levity Live um, March 26th, which is a Thursday. Uh, March 26th, Thursday, Levity Live. We're doing a benefit for uh, my late brother-in-law, Kevin Lonto. Rest his soul. He uh, passed away far too young um, a year and a half ago, almost two years. This summer will be two years. And um, there's going to be a memorial scholarship in his name that uh, we're raising money for. Uh, Bill Burr is going to come out. Jim Florentine was going to jump on it, but something had to change. But there's going to be a lot of surprise guests. Uh, my buddy Chris Lamberth is jumping on the show. And uh, there's, it's just going to be an amazing show, an amazing lineup with very, very special surprise guests popping in. And uh, everybody is kind of jumping on board this thing. So that is, um, I believe it's a 7.30. You can check the, the link is on my Facebook, but go to levitylive.com and look up March 26th for the Kevin Longto, um benefit show. Kevin uh, was such a sweet, un- unbelievably, you know, I know I know when a lot of people pass away, all the things that are said are like, oh, such a sweet guy and this and that and why him? But like Kevin really was that. He was a just like the kindest, sweetest guy. He was a type of guy that, you know, he stuck up for the week and, and he really was, was one of those people. And it was devastating to uh, to our family. And um, anybody coming, there's three tiers of ticket prices. So you could sit up front, get a package, a VIP thing, meet all the comics. Or for not that much money, you could go sit in the back and just watch an amazing lineup uh, of, of stand-up. So 
please come to that. And uh, yeah, it, it, it means a lot. So uh, I just wanted to mention that and make sure at the top of the show I talked about talked about that because I did it on the last one. And that's something that uh, we really want people to come out to. Uh, so again, Levity Live, March 26th for the Kevin Longto Benefit Show. Um, okay, guys, I'm still out here in Los Angeles, and I wanted to talk about that. A lot of people compare New York comedy scene to Los Angeles comedy scene. I got into it a little bit with some people on Facebook. Here's the thing, and here's the difference, okay? In Los Angeles, there's way more comedians on a show doing less time. Now, granted, if you're, if you're at the comedy store, you know, Ari Shafir jumped on me about this yesterday, but if you're at, listen if you're at the comedy store and you're a regular there then yeah you'll get a 15 minute spot but I'm talking about like popping in I see a lot of guys from the West Coast come to New York and they'll get 15 minute spots now I don't I, I don't want to say that I don't get that all the time because the, the improv out here has been great to me and I, I get some spots at the improv and there's some great shows out here to get on so I don't want to shit on the whole scene but as a scene in general for comedians coming up, I think you get a lot less time out here, five to six minutes. They put on like fucking 18 comics on a show. You know, you're getting the light at four minutes. It's like, what the, f I mean, it's just tough. I feel like that is for such a new comic when you're coming up in New York. And I feel like out here it happens to veteran comics, which uh, that's another difference that I don't like. Um, so, and and people always say, is, is, is the comedy scene weaker in LA compared to New York? The answer to that question is yes, it is. I really believe that it is. I noticed that as an East Coast guy, when you go on stage here, they look at you different. Uh, I feel like there's more of a, and this sounds like such a, you know, this sounds like such an East Coast thing to say and a pro New York thing to say, but I just feel like there is, and a lot of people out here admit this, I just feel like there's more of a realness than, you know, to the, to the East Coast guys out here. Um, there's some great comics out here from the West Coast, so I don't never want to take away anything from them. But it's just like, I don't know. I don't know if these people are just over happy because it's always sunny and they just fuck. I don't know what it is. Maybe New Yorkers are pissed because of the snow and the fucking rain and the cold every day that they have an edge to them. But I just noticed that there's very there's just a difference to it. Um, and I feel like if you want to be, I, I forgot what, which comedian said this, but I feel like if you want to be a great stand-up comedian, and you don't care about getting famous or being on shows, I think you do it in New York. I think if you want to do stand-up, but your ultimate goal is to get on shows and get famous, I think you come out here. That's what, you know, that's what I would say. Um, I did underestimate the food out here years ago, and I could say the food out here is fucking... I mean, you get Mexican... I had a, I had a, a, a burrito in San Francisco that, that honestly almost made me cry. Like it was that fucking, it was that insane. This burrito was at a place called Cancun. It was fucking, it was so ridiculous that it, it's an actual insult to put any burrito next to it. Like it's, it's just not, it's Ferrari to a fucking Ford Focus. It's not even close how much better the burritos are out here. Um, we ate at a barbecue place out here that was incredible. So this myth that East Coast food. Now listen, I think the greatest food in New. I think great. I have some of the greatest food ever in New York. But I think you come out here, and that's one thing that my friends who live out here told me. You no, know, that you if you go to the right spot, the food out here is great. And again, there's a legendary comedy scene out here. I mean, the comedy store is histor I mean, the comedy store is historic. I mean, you can't shit on it, and I and I won't. But I'm just saying, like, when it comes to like certain spots and getting up. It, and it's like all major big clubs. You, they want you to either be on a show 
or something, but like veteran comics who come out here from the, you have to just be passed or getting stage time is five minutes. And that's, that's why I like the improv because if I come out here, I do improv shows more than anywhere else. Um, I'm probably just pissed because I did a show the other night and I got the light at four minutes and there was 15 comics on the show. So I said, well, you know, what better place to vent on it than the Verzi effect, right? That's what I'm doing here. And the beautiful studio, all things, con I mean, I got to tell you something. If I lived out here, though, this studio is fucking like, I mean, you could hear that the sound is amazing. The, uh, they got cameras out here. They have a producer here. You know, you got this whole, you know, it's just, you know, my cat's not jumping on the fucking table. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's every time I do my show, it, my cat has almost been a theme on this fucking thing because he just jumps up and no, it's almost like he knows when I'm recording and he's like, all right, that's my cue. Let me fuck this, you know, let me fuck this segment up. But um, I am liking it out here. I'm going back tomorrow, but I will be back in Los Angeles. I'm taping, I will be taping my album April 9th at The Stand. Come and get those uh, tickets, uh, 8 and 10. I'm doing 8 and 10 at the stand, April 9th. It's a Thursday night. And then once the album is done, I will be back in Los Angeles probably in late May, early June, going on a promo tour out here and doing an album release party, not only in New York but also here in Los Angeles, and that's when I'll be back here. So, um, you know, I, I, and, I, and again, I like it more and more. Like I was telling Burr, because a lot of East Coast guys don't like it out here. You get like, ah, how do you live out here? I could never do it. I actually like it more and more. I love the weather. I love the. I actually love the weather at night out here. So um, I can't really shit on L.A. too much. But I just, the comedy scene thing, especially when you're, you know, you've done it long enough to, to get, you should get be getting a certain amount of time. Um, but I, I'm, I'm enjoying my time. Everybody's been great to me out here, so... Um, one thing that's been going on that I wanted to talk about on the show today was like all of my friends are telling me something that I can't relate to. They're trying to have children and they're like, hey, we're trying. It's been three months. It's been six months. Some people like it's been a year and I can't relate to that. And I'm not trying to be a, a, a dick about this, but like both of my kids sex with my wife one time. I swear to God, I'm just one shot. And I know for a fact because I was <laughs> I went away. After trying with my wife once, I went away, and then she was pregnant. I'm telling you, one shot. I'm I'm fuck. I'm the real American sniper, except my my shot creates lives. <laughs> That's the difference. I, I, I one shot, you know, one shot from the top of the roof, and I, I just a person will just walk, start walking. That's what I did. But it, and I don't know what to say to a buddy who's like, "Hey, we're trying. I don't know what to do." You know, what do you say to a guy that's like six months trying and you didn't have to? really try that long and I don't know how to relate to it but I feel for it and I could see how it would be frustrating but you know part of me is like ah, you know my fucking I guess my cum is better than this guy's you know I don't know I, don't know. <laughs> I can't tell him that uh, that'd be really fucking weird if I was just sitting down with a dude and I was like look man I mean I don't know what to tell you my, my shit's just you know you, your, your shit's not good um, but it's really cool to see some of my friends get married now and really and that's the thing all my friends, that's another thing about Los Angeles. I don't know what it is. Everybody's afraid to get married and have kids out here. They think that a kid and a wife just ends. They feel like it's almost like you talk to these guys out here in L.A. who have like careers and want to be in show business. They literally talk and think like if they have a fucking kid and they're going to jail. Then like it's like it's like the day the baby's born is the day they just report to jail for it's it, And it's not that bad. I would actually say on the contrary to it. 
I think that it gives you something. It gives you something more. It's given me more. I've seen other people and friends that, uh, you know, just it gives you this stability that you didn't have. It gives you this responsibility in a good way. You know, when you see your son or daughter or, you know, you come home and your wife is there for you, there's something that it gives you. And then that makes you stronger to go out and do what you got to do. So anybody listening to this, and I know I have a lot of young comedians listening to this and people, don't be afraid like, yeah, you know, my girl, I just, you know, I want to do this, but my girl, if your girl's coming for the ride with you, she's coming for the ride with you. And if she's not, then you're not with the right fucking girl. That's really what it comes down to. You know, if, if, if you're afraid and hesitant to get married or have children because you think that that person is going to tie you down, then you obviously didn't set the expectations up properly when you first got with this individual because you have to know what you want and what you're doing regardless. You know, just be like, look, bitch, this is what the... F no, I'm kidding. You don't want to call her a bitch. But what I'm saying is like, this is what I'm doing. And, and I, I'm going to be... I don't know if I've told this story. Um, I might have told this story in the podcast before, but I've been talking about so many... I've been talking about this with so many friends out here in Los Angeles. I want to talk about it on this show. If I did talk about this, it was a long, long time ago. And I know I have a lot of new listeners. But one thing that happened with me and my wife, and it made my relationship great, and it made everything work, was... When I was a few years into comedy, very new, I had like, you know, 12 bad minutes of stand-up and I was doing contests and doing all this stuff. Me and her were eating in a diner in Manhattan and I knew this is what I was doing and I looked at my, I looked at my future wife in the eyes and I said, look, Stacy, this is what the deal is. I said, I'm doing this and I may be, I said, and you're a beautiful girl. My wife is smart, you know, and I said, I'm doing this. And you could be with a doctor, lawyer. You could walk from me right now, and I get it. You're beautiful. You can you can be with who you want to be with. You're smart. I said, and that's fine. But just so you know, I could be, you know, broke in well into my 30s or 40s. I could be rich well into my 30s and 40s. I could be doing well. All these different possibilities. But this is what I'm doing. And if you're along for the ride, that's great. And she thought about it. She processed it because she's smart. She gets it. She spoke to her mother about it. And she said, this is the, what I want to do. And that's why here I am, 12, 13 years later, my career is going in the right direction. I have two beautiful kids and I'm married. And it's like because the expectations were set early. You got to tell them. And if, and if, you know, and if they're like, well, I didn't know it was going to be like this. I mean, how many times are you going to leave? It's a lot. I'm going to fucking leave a lot. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to leave a lot. And it's going to be hard and I'm going to be going on planes and you're going to be home alone sometimes. But then I'm going to be home a lot and there'll be two, three weeks when me and you were together more than a guy who does have a nine to five. This is what the life is. And if you're not happy with it, then that's it. But I told you this is the shit I'm doing because I, I let it, I put it all out there on the table for you. And that's what's something that I could live with. So guys, you got to do that. And listen, some women are going to flip on you and change and, and be pain in the asses. I mean, look, that's what's going to happen. You know, and their fucking, you know, dumb mothers and aunts are going to go, I told you it's a hard life. I told you it wasn't going to fuck. And you got to deal with that. You know, that's what it is. You just got to deal with it. You know, some people have these delusions that like, oh, yeah, he's going to do this and be rich in two days. Or, oh, he's never going to make it. And then and, and you get both sides, like somebody being great to you early or somebody shitting on you the whole way because they don't believe in you. You can't be with those people. You got to be with those people who are with you the whole way. They understand what it is. Don't be scared to get married. Don't be scared to have children. 
And uh, oh, by the way, I just realized my, Mike, Mike, <laughs> I was talking to Mike about it. I'm not talking to you, Mike. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm talking about like these guys that do stand up and travel everywhere. They just feel like having a kid is like it's over. I might as well just hand in my, you know, hang up my cleats. No, just fuck it. You can make talk about your kids. Your kids are going to appreciate what you do. Make it work. I think as a comic who travels, I think if my wife was married to a doctor who worked all the time like that or was on call all the time, would be home way less. Like, I'm with my daughter every day during the day and my son when he gets home from school. He's going to remember that. I didn't have that growing up. You know, a lot of kids don't have that growing up. Your father works 9 to 5. If he works in the city, he gets on a train at 7 o'clock in the morning, comes home exhausted at 6, eats dinner. You kids are getting put to bed, and that's what it is. So as a comic, I'm with them more. I don't know why I'm arguing with somebody about this that's not even here. I'm, like, acting defensive, and I'm arguing about this. I just, It's just too many people are telling me that they're afraid to have kids and do the things that they want. And, and this is the worst part. You'll be like, all right, well, you're afraid to have kids and get married, but do you want to? Oh, yeah, of course. It was always my plan. I'm just afraid. It's like, then do it. And fucking do it. Don't worry about it, man. It's all going to work out. If you put the hard work in and the effort in and you try to make everything work, you're going to find a way to make it work. It's all the individual. If you're a fucking narcissistic psychopath who's bipolar and you can't handle shit, then it's not going to work. Then you shouldn't have a kid. You know, then, it, then, then you suck at life and you need help. And that happens to people. That's all. It's very simple. It's very, very simple. You know, you make a decision and you stick with it. I had a conversation yesterday uh, with, uh, wow, this, this, this part two is getting a little deep, but fuck it, you know? That's what it is. It can't all, it, it can't all be, it's another thing I was talking to somebody about. They were like, hey, I want to do a podcast, but like, I don't know, like, should I just do, I mean, I don't know if I could just be constantly funny for, it's like, why don't you just do a podcast and be you and get fans, dick? Everyone's always thinking of the extra thing. Just fucking do it. Um, all right. So let me get back to let me get back to what I was saying here. Um, we were talking about like um, what it takes to make it, what it takes to have you know like we're talking about how certain cities could eat you up. L.A. is brutal and it could just eat you up, and you know all the politics and it can shatter your confidence. And you just want to go run away. New York is so hard. So many of the comics are good, and you got to do that and and be in that scene. And if you're not, it's sink or swim. And you know what it comes down to. I was actually talking to Bill Burr about this yesterday on the phone, and we were talking about people that, here's what it comes down to. You either fucking want it and you have it in your heart and you're going to make it happen and conquer it, or you're not. It's the difference between Michael Jordan and, and, and the next guy who wants to do what Michael Jordan does but just can't do it because he doesn't have it. Tom Brady, here's what I say. Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter, Kobe Bryant have something within themselves that cannot be taught. It's this fire to win, like losing is not acceptable, and they do it. Certain guys don't have it. Great guys don't have it. LeBron James doesn't have it. LeBron James is a guy that wants to win, and he wants the rings, and he's good enough to do it. But I don't see LeBron James devastated crying when he loses a game. You know, I don't. I see Kobe Bryant and those guys doing it. Same thing in comedy, same thing wherever you're at. Just fucking go out there. You want it, you got heart to go get it, you go get it. I believe that you could do anything, you know, not anything, but I believe that if you really want something, you could do it. And that's, that's what, that's what I'm teaching my, my kids, you know, not to be a pussy. Imagine I just started fucking throwing out words. All right. So, uh, 
other things that I'm going to do tonight, which I'm really looking forward to, is all of my friends from Los Angeles. Tonight's going to get ugly. Tonight's going to be a shit show. All of my friends from Los Angeles are getting together for a rooftop party. And they did it just because I'm coming here, and it's really nice, and it's, it's really dangerous what's going to happen tonight. I got all of my friends, probably six or seven guys from here. We are going to get some cigars. We are going to get some, some booze. And um, probably just, I mean, I'm probably going to go straight to the airport. I hope to God my wife doesn't hear this because she thinks I'm going to be, like, well-rested, getting off the plane, ready to, like, hang out. And uh, I'm going to be an absolute fucking mess. I'm going to try my hardest to not be that much of an absolute disaster starting, um, you know, <laughs> when I land uh, tomorrow afternoon or whenever it is. But tonight's going to be a lot of fun. And it's like just the guys, like everybody's leaving their girls home. And they're like, oh, Verzi, you're in town. Yeah, we're doing this. We're going to smoke Cubans and have a good time. And I'm looking, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And then um, coming home, I'm looking for, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm looking forward to seeing my uh, my kids. But, oh, and this is the one thing, and I'm going to get to unacceptable. We're going to get to some more unacceptables because I needed to get to more of those on the other one. But this is the thing, too. Um, when you do have kids... You know, I don't want anybody listening to this and go, you know what? Part two made me just say, I'm doing it. I'm having a kid. And then, you know, 10 months later, you're exhausted and you hate your life and you fucking stop listening to my show, sending me hate mail. Get your, this is the one thing. Get your rest, man. Seriously. Like, that is the truest thing to say. Like, no, here, here's what having kids as a, as a comedian is you do two shows. You do an eight o'clock show, you do a 10 o'clock show. And in your mind, you're going to get home by 1130 and be fine. Then what happens is when you're out the door, somebody says, oh, dude, you want to jump on the midnight show? And you're like, yeah, let me get three in one night. I'm working on new material. Great. So now it's 1230. Then somebody says, great set. Can I buy you a drink? Like an asshole, you say yes instead of going home. Now you should have been home fucking three hours ago and you're standing there with a rum and coke at, at one o'clock in the morning with some guy you really don't like, but you like him for this moment because he told you he liked a bit of yours. So now... You got to get in the car around two o'clock, you get home, you're kind of excited about your three sets and you're thinking about the jokes that you did. Now you're home and it's 3.30 in the morning. You finally crash at about, you know, 10 to four, if you're lucky. And then at 7.15 in the morning, this beautiful little two-year-old daughter of yours is pulling on your shirt and you look at her, you smile, you kiss her, and then you look at the ceiling and you wish to God you died. That's what it is. So just understand that, okay? That, that's really what it is, but it's worth it. It's worth it is what I'm saying. All right, I'm going to get to some unacceptables here. Um, and by the way, uh, go to um, All Things Comedy. I want to plug all, make sure I plug All Things Comedy because uh, we did a lot of plugs last time, and I don't want to half-ass that plug. All Things Comedy, uh, the Verzi Effect is uh, happy, lucky, and honored to be a part of the best uh, podcast network that is uh, out there, which is All Things Comedy. And um, you can go there, and there's just amazing amounts of uh, great podcasts, endless amount of stuff you can listen to. Um, check that out. Follow them on Twitter at All Things Comedy, and uh, you could you know follow them and, and see all the stuff you know great stuff that they're doing. It's a company that's blowing up. Uh, Al Madrigal, Bill Burr, the great Mike Flynn, who is here producing right now, and um, these guys do it right. And it's one of those things where. It's a no-brainer to work with these guys because these guys are about the artist and the people first. And that's rare, you know. They're not, you know, some of these cheap fucks are like, you know, they want, it's all about them and them going. These guys, 
these guys are like too good to the point where I, I remember being like, are you guys sure? Like you guys, like, yeah, yeah, we want you to grow. We want you to, that's what we're, this is about the artist. This is about you doing what you, this is about your content. And it's re very rare. So please check these guys out and go to allthingscomedy.com and follow them on Twitter at allthingscomedy. Now let's get into some of these unacceptables, everybody. By the way, you guys listening to episode, you guys listen to the episode 200, part two of the Verzi Effect, part one came out, uh, Bill Burr was here, Joe Bartnick was here, and we're just gonna, you know, I just wanted to give you guys some more bonus stuff. So uh, there was a lot of unacceptables that I did not get to on Twitter, and you guys have been listening and been great, and the reason why the show is doing well and has all these uh, listeners and, and, and followers is because of you guys, so I had to, I had to um, you know, shout you guys out more, and uh, all the submissions, I couldn't let that go. So here we go. Um, this is from Josh Sims, and Josh is at, at Josh underscore Sims. Uh, Paul, congratulations on 200 pods. Now I just need to see a show. The fact that I haven't is unacceptable. Hashtag the version. Yeah, Josh, thank you so much. Uh, that's awesome. You're in Omaha, Nebraska. Not going to lie. Probably not coming out there to do shows. But uh, no, I'm fucking with you. If, if I can, I would. I just don't know if there's any clubs out there. Uh, you know, I'm sure there is. If I do, please come out. And uh, if I do ever go out to Omaha, please, uh, I will I will put it out there. I'll post it, and you hit me up, and I'll have some free tickets for you. How about that? All right? Thank you so much for the submission, and uh, I appreciate you listening. And anybody that listens to the Verzi Effect, man, if you're a diehard and you see that I'm coming to your city, hit me up, and I'll see what I could do for you. All right. Um, this one is from um, Mike... Uh, Malakit, uh, Michelle Malakit, I think so. I'm sorry, Mike, if I fucked that up. Anyway, it says at Paul Verzi, guy playing his shitty sound system at 7:30 a.m. It's been 25 minutes. Shut that rust bucket up. Hashtag unacceptable. And then he sent me a picture of an older Cadillac with snow all over it. And I guess that's where the music was blaring from. And it's from uh, Pennsville, New Jersey. Fucking New Jersey, classless. I'm kidding, Jersey, but, you know, I'm not really a big Jersey fan, you know. There's something about New Jersey and Pennsylvania that is just fucking animals live out there. I don't know what it is. Great people, too, but, but then there's an element of those people that are just, it's just, they don't get it. All right, this is from, does, does everyone's last name have to be this fucking difficult? This is from Ryan Nicecki. Nicecki. Um... I'm just going to spell it at N-I-E-C-I-E-C-K-I, -E -E Ryan. And it says, Paul Verzi, put him in a cage. <laughs> Unacceptable. Walking down the street like a fucking penguin because you can't wear a belt. Pull up your pants, cocks. Um, <laughs> thanks, Ryan. Uh, it's hilarious. Uh, okay. So let's see. We did that one yesterday. Uh, this is from, Z I don't know why this was an unacceptable to you, but maybe it's something that I didn't see. This is from Zach Coffee at Z underscore coffee. says, at Paul Verzi, hashtag animal, and there's a picture of somebody standing up on an airplane looking in the opposite direction as him with the phone on. So uh, I guess that bo bothered you. Thanks for the uh, submission. This is from Matt Lockyer at Matt D. Uh, L-O-C-K-Y-E-R and it says Paul Verzi hashtag unacceptable not securing your trash 
uh, unacceptable. Don't pick up. Take a pick. Write unacceptable instead. That's funny how you complained about these people's trash and you just took a picture of it and didn't do shit about it. But that's ridiculous. He sent a picture, and I don't know what city this is in. It doesn't say, but there's trash bags on the sidewalk right like next to parking meters, and people are just driving by and walking by it, and it looks like there's bodies in these bags. Jesus. Uh, that is unacceptable. Thank you, Matt, for the submission. Um, oh, here's another barefoot on a plane. Worst. This is from Tim McConnell. At TJMC12. What a fat... <laughs> this is at Paul Verzi. What a fat pig. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag animal. And there's just a picture of a guy's crusty underfoot, barefoot on the airplane. That is... That's the worst. That is the... That is to the point where if you actually said to him, Dude, listen, sir. I'm on this plane and I'm like one row from you and I really don't want to see or smell your fucking disgusting feet. At least put on socks like a human being. Fucking animals. Um, this is why I do the unacceptables because these things need to be called out. Mike, this is ridiculous. This is fucking ridiculous. All right, this one is from Gabe and Gabe's Twitter feed is at SafeGabe. And he says, at Paul Verzi, lady in the lunchroom is inhaling her burger and talking with her mouth full Stop it already. Hashtag animals. Hashtag unacceptable. And that came from San Francisco, California. Um, I'm not trying to be sexist here, but that is worse because it's a woman. Now, if you see some fat, grizzled man chewing with his mouth open a burger, it's still unacceptable, but there's something about it that's almost like, ah, look at him. It's Of course that guy's going to do that. But a woman doing it, I think worse. I think worse. I know that sounds, some people aren't going to like that, but it's just, you know, some cute little petite woman just eating like a fucking animal. Unacceptable. Uh, this one is from Dan, uh, and it's at Nailer underscore designs. And he says, uh, what kind of adult brings SpaghettiOs to lunch at work? <laughs> Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag happy 200. Thank you, Dan. And, um, SpaghettiOs might be the most disgusting thing. I mean, the just the canned sauce that it's in. I remember them from when I was little, and it's so bad that you still remember, you still remember how it tastes as a little kid. And yeah, the fact that a grown woman's eating that for lunch is definitely unacceptable. Um, all right, this is another picture one, and this is, um, let's see here. This is from Scotty at. Dallas Gambit, G-A-M-B-I-T, says, uh, Paul Verzi put him in a cage, and it's this guy standing on one of those segways. He's in a store, standing on a segway next to some girl, and he's looking at his phone, not paying attention, just standing on these this two-wheeled thing. Um, yeah, he looks like he's got that douche look. He's got, like, the over-the-top big glasses on with headphones on and a man purse. Oh, yeah, this guy's full of himself. Just standing in the middle. That is unacceptable. Um, thank you for the submission. Okay, uh, here we go. It's from Jack Napier at Let Your Soul Glow. And he says, um, live in a city with distracted, uh, distracted driving law. See an off-duty cop driving while on the phone cutting people off. Hashtag unacceptable. Is anything worse than that? Is anything worse than being somewhere and watching a cop some not even like a like some fat fucking like sitting back in the seat cop 
you know, who you know has some sort of food in the car, just go past a red light when you're sitting there just because he can do it. It's ridiculous. I got a, like I got like a $200 ticket in New York City because the guy saw me look down at my phone for directions. And he comes to the car and he felt bad. He goes, listen, man, I know, but any kind of electronic device, I got to give you a ticket. And he knew it was bullshit. And all of his buddies are going past you in the city, going through red lights, doing their shit, eating, probably looking at their phones and their lav- laptops in the car. It's an absolute, it's, it's such a bullshit, like, you know, hypocritical bullshit and it yeah it's it's the worst especially when they do it in front of you and they would give you a ticket for doing it in a second that is definitely unacceptable um i just pissed off a couple of my police officer listeners whatever this one is from um this one is from ryan at williams underscore ryan 25 paul Verzi, new co-worker is throwing paper clips and wire strippings over the table trying to hit me Hashtag filthy animals. Hashtag put him in a cage. Yeah, just walk over to him and be like, what are you doing? I'm working. Stop, dick. Uh, okay, we'll do a couple more here. This is from um, Max Power, Survived by Rats. He's, some of these guys are regulars, so I definitely wanted to get the regular listeners on the show. Um, just saw a commercial where a mom in a minivan on a cell phone says, I got to bounce. Oh, hashtag brutal, hashtag unacceptable, TVE200. Thank you, Max. Thanks for all the support um, through all the episodes. I know you listen, and you're one of these regular guys. Uh, That's hilarious. I really appreciate it. Um, Let's see what else we have here. Um, Trying to get a couple more here for you guys. And um, if I miss you during this episode... Or or during both episodes, please guys, keep sending them. You know, I'll do my best to get them on. This was just a bonus kind of, um, you know, this was just a, a bigger show. And I had some guests, so I wasn't able to dedicate too much time. But I'm trying to get to as many as I possibly can here. Um, people who talk, oh, this is from uh, Pork Chop at Valleys 61. So it's V-A-L-L-E-S 611, I'm sorry. People who talk on their cell phones while in the shitter and talking about the shit they are taking. <laughs> hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag cage them up. Um, that's, I would love to hear that, to be honest. I would love to be in a bathroom and listen to somebody on their cell phone talking about the shit they're taking to somebody else. I would just start outburst laughing. Uh, thank you for the submission. Okay, this is from The Filster. At Phil Brew underscore 88. And uh, Phil says, uh, fucking animals at hockey games that go ape shit for a goddamn free t-shirt to be thrown at them. Unacceptable drunk animals. I got to tell you, man, that, that brings me to uh, Madison Square Garden when my wife was five months pregnant with my son. And the Knicks were playing the, the Suns. And there was a, it was the day Obama got inaugurated to be president. It was that day. My wife is five months pregnant, and this fucking drunk asshole in a Phoenix Sun shirt is sitting next to us, to the right of us, and they start shooting those guns up. And he dives over and knocks like a beer out of my wife's hand, makes her sit down and like kind of bumps her when she's five months pregnant, and I'm there. Listen, anybody that knows me knows that I'm a laid-back, easy-going dude. When I saw my wife, when this guy like bumped into us, 
And here's the thing, the t-shirt went into my hands and this guy just like lunged over and it popped out of my hands and fell in the seat in front of me. I swear to God, I saw red. I wanted to fuck, I, I wanted to grab this guy by the throat and start beating him right there. And the guys, there were some guys behind us who calmed me down. And I remember he joked, he said, come on, come on, Obama's in office now. He's like joking. And I swear to God, this kid, and the kid like patted my wife on the knee and said, I'm sorry. But then me and him had this like quiet little beef during the rest of the game. And I wanted to fucking crown this kid so bad. And it was for a stupid t-shirt at a game. And it's ridiculous. Okay. Go to the fucking gift shop, you cheap cocksucker, and go spend $12 on a shitty shirt. You really need, what, what you got to go home and go, I, I caught it out of the fucking cannon. I caught it out of the cannon. Isn't that great? It's like the same asshole who yells something at a comedian during a show that he thinks is clever, and then he goes and tells his girlfriend he was part of the show. Get, a, get your own t-shirt. You're a fucking grown man. What are you, a 12-year-old? I, I swear to God, that's the, that, the, the people that go nuts and scream and wave their hands for a t-shirt are the same fucking people that, that do everything that annoys you. It's the same type of person. It's the same type of person who screams at a TV in a bar at, at the, at, you know, thinking the football player could hear him or he matters. I'm sorry, this one got me hyped up, Phil. This one got me a little pissed off because it's just ridiculous. Uh, that the stupid t-shirt gun. Ugh. Could you imagine, and all I was thinking about is if this guy hit my wife's stomach when my son is in there because of a t-shirt, I'm going to jail. My life is over because of some asshole in a Phoenix Sun jersey wanted a t-shirt out of a gun can. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. All right. This is from, oh, here we go. This is a classic. This is a name I've been fucking up forever, and I got to get him on 200. It's kind of fitting. Jim McMenamin. It took me fucking almost a year to get this guy's name right. That's why he has a... Jim, and Jim knows this. Wherever I am performing, Jim has a lifetime free pass to come and see me. He has a comp anywhere I am. Um, I mean, unless it's like some theater gig where I'm working with other people or like it's already a sold out thing or, you know, don't hold me to this years later. But you know what I mean, Jim. You could come out. But I've been fucking this guy's last name up for a year and he still listens to the show. But I got it right now. It's at Jim underscore McMenamin. Paul Verzi, sport pregame hosts wearing sneakers instead of dress shoes on set. Hashtag unacceptable. We're getting lazy, uh, Jim. What do you want? You know, fucking Bill Simmons, nice guy, but Bill Simmons is having like comedians and basketball players on and he's talking to him as if he like can relate to him. I mean, that's what we're going to now. Guys wearing casual sneakers and shit, you know. I mean, you ever see John Clayton? I mean, look who talks about sports now. It's a joke. Uh, okay, this is a picture. Oh, this this will get you mad. This is Matt D. Thri thrilled under Jesus Christ. Can you have a fucking longer feed here? This all right. Let me. I got to do this again. This is from Matt D. With D E underscore T H R I underscore G underscore. You got to fix that, Matt. That's just you got to fix that Twitter. I mean, how many underscore? I mean, it's it's. All right, uh, at Paul Verzi, in the parking lot where I work, unacceptable picture, 8 a.m. right, 5 p.m. Okay, so this guy from 8 to 5, 8 in the morning to 5 p.m. parked his pickup truck in the middle of two spots, just taking up two spots so nobody parks next to him. That is a self. Speaking of that, Jason Lawhead, who's actually coming into studio to do his podcast uh, soon now, he sees that and he sees red. I took him to a pizzeria in New York, and all he was doing was staring out the window. And I'm going, what's wrong with you, dude? What are you doing? 
and he was staring at a car that took up two spots and he goes, I can't let it go. And he went outside and he wrote on the car, nice job, dick or something, just so he could feel better. And um, yeah, he, he can't handle that. Like I get annoyed, but I don't get annoyed to the point where I lose my mind, but it's definitely a good unacceptable. So thank you very much. Okay, we'll do a couple more here and we will wrap up. I just wanted to get some get you guys in more. Okay. Um, oh yeah, this one, this one was a little annoying. Ryan Moore says at Ryan Mojo uh, Popo. So Ryan M O J O P O P O. He says Juliana Rancic joke on dread smelling like weed, and uh, uh, patchouli wasn't racist. It's hippies who should be. Uh, it's hippies who should be outraged. Hashtag unacceptable. Yeah, Juliana Rancic. I guess during the uh, was it the Grammys, saw somebody's hair and said it looks like it smells like weed, and they took it as racist, and she made her publicly apologize. Again, just to, to the, the world we're living in now, it's ridiculous. You can't say anything. It is unacceptable. All right, and uh, if you act like it, this is from Jeremy Baker at Jeremy underscore Baker. If you act like an animal. You become the joke. Hashtag unacceptable. Oh, and this is a retail employee thing. Public service announcement. When you treat retail employees like shit, you become an instant joke. You are the story they tell over coffee to make their friends and family laugh at the idiot. You are the person they mimic in a squeaky voice. Next time you want to tell, next time you want to yell at a retail employee, imagine them repeating what you are about to say in a squeaky voice because that will be your legacy. It's ridiculous how true this is. Uh, thank you, Jeremy, for the uh, unacceptable. Uh, I really don't know what that means, but I guess you work at a retail store. Um, all right, guys, I'm going to do one more, and then we're going to wrap this up. Um, is Law here? Oh, okay. All right, here we go. Um uh, Matt, grown men that drink Mountain Dew. Sorry, Verzi Effect listeners, you know who you are. Hashtag cage is getting full, unacceptable, Paul Verzi. That's Matt at non-toxic007. Grown men who drink Mountain Dew. We will, that's the last unacceptable. Uh, <laughs> that was, I got to tell you, Diet Mountain Dew is not too bad. I mean, I mean, a lot of people that I know drink Mountain Dew are animals. I mean, you know, it's not, let's be honest. If you got a Mountain Dew in your hand, you're probably, you're not doing great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I see it with a Diet Coke and a Pepsi. I'm like, all right, this guy's probably driving a Japanese car. You know, he's maybe German. He's got his shit together. I see it with a Mountain Dew, and it's like, all right, this guy, this has got Kia written all over it. This guy, this guy, this guy's got Kia written all over Jason Lawhead just hey, jumped in the studio. How you doing? He got his uncle's old pickup. How you doing? Yeah. Good, yeah, it's good to see you. You want to jump? Can you want to jump on for five? Yeah, I mean, it's my time anyway. You might <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm going to wrap it up in no, five, I'm but if you want to. <laughs> Yeah, get a, can I get on my can I get on my studio? Time? I'd appreciate that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Jason Law hey. jumped in for like five minutes here. Uh, this is uh, dude. This th is I've never been a, I've never been a part of an unacceptable. I don't think I've done your podcast a couple you times. You know what I would like if you, I know this is really going to put you on the spot. I'm going to say some things. Okay. So while I say, is this it, like word association? It, no, you think about it. no. That's <laughs> just like Chevy Chase, Richard Pryor type <laughs> thing. We're going to do no, no, no. Dead <laughs> cracker. <laughs> honky, no honky. Yeah, dead honky. That's what it was. No, this is uh, two hundred part two. Thanks for being dude, on. This part is. This is a milestone. Ah, are you kidding me? I this mean, is like Joe. this is like Pete Rose's forty-one fifty-six or whatever, <laughs> forty ninety-two. 
But I'm going to explain something. You think of an unacceptable, something that really grinds you, something that really, 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 really gets really, after really, me. Really. Uh, but no, Jason uh, does, the, which I'm going to do now. Jason has a great podcast, which you guys, do you know Jason from the show too, uh, Lawheads Court? And uh, it's a great sports podcast. So I'm going to jump on that now. Jason has actually been over in um, San Diego. I got to congratulate you. I want to publicly congratulate you on my show, but... I, there's a there's a, a lovely female a in your special life. a special woman I was able to club over the head and yeah, I mean, uh, drag into the cave I mean you you were you I mean th this was a great timing for you great it was almost like uh it, it, it yeah it was almost like uh I mean you were like you almost gave up on the relationship thing forever and then all of a sudden I almost gave up on life Paul <laughs> relationship I almost gave up on the relationship with myself did, did no you think, did you think about suicide a lot what how much is a lot Paul <laughs> What's a lot? Because, you know, in today's day and age, that's a, that's a flexible definition. Um, yeah, I'm lucky, man. She's awesome. You know what I mean? So uh, she, you're going to meet her here soon. Um, you're actually going to meet her on the tour to South. She's going to fly in for a couple of days on one of our layovers with the Billy Bible Belt tour. Yeah, uh, me and Jason are actually opening for Burr during his Deep South tour. It's going to be us three on a tour bus. It sounds like he's named almost... it Billy Bible Belt because that's what he's promoting right now. I love that. The, the Billy, Billy Bible. Bible Belt tour. Oh, my God. How great is that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it's going to be ridiculous. It's got to fend people but written all over. It. We're, we're going to need to take some cages to that. Oh there's some goodness. cities we're going to need cages. Huh? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, well, we, yeah. Oh, there's some animals that'd, down there. That'd be funny if we talked to the bus company. We're like, you guys got like, a, you guys got leases on cages. You guys got room for some cages out here. I mean, we're, we are going to Jackson, well, Mississippi. That's hilarious. We're, we're, we're the only, we're the only, we're the only comedy tour to put a cattle prod in our rider. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna need like one a guy. We're gonna need one cattle brought a piece. Portable stables. Yeah, that you, you guys transport the, horse, the yeah. horses. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna be trailing like four stables instead, behind instead us. Instead of driving by, seeing a horse in a little porthole, you just see a couple of guys from Mississippi <laughs> holding on to the side of the fucking thing. <laughs> they got Mountain Dews and and dip and dip. They're just spitting out of the side of the. Thing. Oh, that's great. That's great. Hey, Bills, does Buford pass out yet? <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Tell Otis he's dragging in the back. <laughs> slowing this thing down. We got to get to Shreveport by six. <laughs> oh, that's going to be great. Oh, Good Lord. We're already having fun on this tour. We haven't even started it yet. It's a month and a half away. Oh, We're already having oh a blast. It's going yeah. to be a, I mean, I, it's gonna be a shit show. I, I, I'm telling I you mean, right now, I don't think I'm going to. I'm not even joking. I, I don't think I'm going to go to South by Southwest for like two days. Uh -huh. And that may be where I have a stick and a drink. After that, I don't think I'm touching anything until we go because the body is going to be. You're going into that hibernation. Well, yeah. You're going into that bear. You're um, going to that bear bit yourself. Uh, You're doing your own bear bit. Yeah. You're going right into hibernation. Dude, that is so funny that you said we're going to need some cages on this fucking thing. Dude, this, we, cages? Oh you kidding God. me? Oh uh, we're going to need the Ferguson Police Department to <laughs> escort us in and out of these places. What are you uh, talking about? Oh, my Jesus God. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. my God. I can't wait to see you walking around Jackson, Mississippi drunk. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. That's going to be hilarious. It's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. I, oh you, me. Oh, it's going to be... The old man's going to join us. Oh, the coach wait. is going to join us for a few of the dates. So you got an unaccepted something? What, what's you know, been really fucking... I'll tell you what's going to my gears. I'll oh, tell here, you we go. here we go. So you, talk, you mentioned the nice young lady that I got here. Oh, boy. And uh, here's, what I, here's what's unacceptable. So she lives in this nice little beach community in San Diego. I get to go down there many times and enjoy it. And it's a beautiful little cottage. She's got a mile, like not even mile a block and a half off the ocean and then uh, like a block and uh, a couple blocks away from mission bay so she's got water on two sides it's amazing okay right yep 
Now there's a lot of nice little cottages and whatnot, and we like to, you know, I, I go down there a lot on the Sundays and the Mondays and the Tuesdays, which beneficial for me and my business. And then she's got those days off in her business, so it works out well. And we like to, you know, on a, on a, on a, on a Monday morning, we like to sleep in. Because that's our that's our Sunday. Monday's right. our Sunday. Monday's your Sunday, right? Right. So you like to sleep in. Nothing wrong with that. And when I mean sleep in, it's like we still like to get up at like nine thirty. I mean, get the coffee going and. No, you joy. know me. That's not sleeping into me. Without the kids, you know, I come out at three o'clock. Like yeah, a bear. I know. <laughs> sleeping into me means I'll come out at dinner. Sleeping into sleeping into you, <laughs> dude. I swear to God, I've been to your house when you slept uh, in. When you know great. me, when there's no kids or wife, sleeping into me is uh, like I'll see you when the sun's it's coming. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. You just keep snoring. Uh, and you, snoring. I, mean, I mean, sleeping into you nine thirty. That's not well, really sleeping in. Well, here's the thing, and to me, it's to me that's sleeping in 9 30 9 45 and maybe laying in bed maybe having fun whatever you do right you know it's the end each your own right 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 but recently there's like you know so there's there's people that like rent to live there and then there's people that rent their places that they own for vacationers right, right. so the place next door was mainly when i first met her and we were hanging out was a vacationer rental okay that was on the market it's been bought by a couple of people from Sacramento. They're going to retire there. They're coming down there to retire the rest of their lives. Uh-huh. Right? Yep. No more rentals. She's actually going to have neighbors consistently. Gotcha. Well, and these guys are going to remodel. Oh, okay? Yep. And well, that's fine. Whatever. You want to bring the property value up. But there's got to be some type of ordinance, some type of law when you can start a bandsaw right outside of my bedroom window. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, and it's bad enough. God love you. They're, and I don't have anything against anybody when it comes to racial or you know ethnicity, whatever it is. Well, God slightly, love you. No, I'm just slightly. But that's just between you and me. That's stuff we, we, we discuss on the bus that, that's off, off, the off the microphone. <laughs> but listen, so listen, and you're willing to go to work. God love you. You know what? Because yeah. I'm not getting up at 6.30 in the morning to yeah. cut two by fours. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But these guys, and now I don't know what's worse. I don't know if I if I don't like the, the 7 a.m. These saws start going. Oh, yeah. Cutting little bit. And now, <laughs> now you, you know what? And then the great thing is, is like, because now when they get there early and they start putting on like the siding of the house, whatever they're doing. The bandsaw goes immediately. It's like seven to eight a.m. It's like a, just a bandsaw concert. He's got one. The other guy's you got one. You oh, got... they're doing dueling bandsaws. It's like you go now, I go now, you go, and it's, it's just it's like, it's like me and Barton after a bender. Oh my god! It's like sleeping in a hotel room with you and Barton in Portland the night after a Seattle gig. I swear to God. Yeah, anyway. that'll drive you crazy, man. Okay, so then you get there and you're laying and you're camping. Now, let's say they've been doing that for an hour, right? And they're getting all their ducks in a row. Now, these guys, it's early in the morning. They're bandsawing. They're bandsawing. All of a sudden, you hear that like, you know. It must be like what a soldier feels in a war when they stop bombing. They're like, wait a minute. The bombing stopped. That's fucking great. The bombing stopped. But. Is it over? It's not. Because you know what happens? <laughs> Something worse. I love how we're whispering. I like literally yelled outside the window two weeks ago. No, you didn't. Yeah. Of course you did. Now. We've got some Latinos working on the house. God bless them. They're out working. They're busting their balls. But I'll tell you one thing. Bandsaws go off from 7 to 8. It's, <laughs> I, I mean, it's like, a, it's like a bandsaw mariachi band out there. And then by 8 o'clock a.m., by 8 a.m., it goes silent for like 10 minutes. And you're like, oh, wait. And I, I look at her and I go, baby, yeah. it's over. 
And then once they got all their wood cut and their bandsaws done, guess what comes on? Just salsa music. And I literally yelled out. I go, I literally yelled out the window. I lifted up the window and I go, hey, how about you turn off that music and turn the bandsaws back on for Christ's sakes? I actually slept better with the saws. I got to hear, listen to Menudo echoing through the hallways of this bay. I don't need this at 8 in the Unacceptable. morning. Unacceptable. I don't know what that is in Spanish, but if you can, what's unacceptable in Spanish? I'm going to I'm gonna tell those guys. Oh, that's fucking. Una acceptable. I don't know. I'm going to next week. I'm finding out what unacceptable be. Hey, wrap that salsa up and get that bandsaw <laughs> yeah, right, back on. Exactly. Let's Let's go. I mean, um, it was awful. It's been awful. And I just spent the week I flew in from San Francisco after my gig last week. That's what I, I do a lot. Like, if I gig, I go right straight to San Diego now on Sunday. Yeah, by the way, he's doing the hand plane. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing a hand. He's landing the hand plane. Yeah, I'm landing so To indicate to me that that's how it, yeah. that's what happened. That's what happened. Well, yeah. nowadays, shit, you know, nobody, I mean, yeah, every, yeah Harrison <laughs> Ford, everybody else, everybody. But Delta, you heard about Delta? Oh, Delta. Delta. Delta almost sent it off. And I, you know what's funny is I've always said if I you know I don't I fly a, a lot I fly more than most people that listen probably but I don't fly anywhere as much as guys that really work in this industry I love but it. I've always said I'm gonna die at LaGuardia on either takeoff Jesus or landing. Christ. No, I always just said I go that LaGuardia is scary. You know, it's always well, there's good deals going into LaGuardia. It's like yeah, because you, you got to know how to swim. Last night when we were at the Improv, I was like, well, listen, I mean, I got amateur <laughs> pilots, but that in-flight entertainment. <laughs> that in-flight entertainment's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, listen, Jay, it is uh, so dude, good. This is fun. No, to have I, I, you yeah, to yeah, have yeah. you come and close out 200 part two is amazing. amazing. And I started this out by saying it's gonna come full circle right now. I actually talked today about. About at the top of the show, how a lot of comedians and a lot of people, especially in Los Angeles and in show business, think. Okay, and I know we're gonna do your short right now. I just, this is, yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. just closing this out. Um, they think that if you get into a relationship, they think if you have a child, everything stops. And you know something? I said, it's all you, and it makes you better. It's how you feel. And I see this girl that you have now, and I look at your face, and I could tell, and I could see, you know, you're happier. Well, thank God. Yeah. But no, but but uh, I could see that you're happier, and I could see that you're more focused. I could see when, even when we talk comedy, and you talk about jokes, and you talk, I could see that you, you have that, you have that, blinders on that horse with blinders on in a race look and it's and it's like because you have the right thing it's not going to stop your career and ruin kids and a woman will not stop your career and ruin it unless you're with the wrong people mm -hmm. and, and and you and you don't do it the right way but if you're hungry dude it ma you make it work of course if you're happy and you like what's in your life you make it work regardless of the obstacles and i'm so glad to see you doing that and thank you yeah for coming on here dude this is awesome and uh we're gonna do yours now mm -hmm. do you have any plugs you know what? I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be at the uh, Comedy Works in Denver. Uh, in well, Greenwood Village. The, 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 there's two clubs. There's a Denver downtown and a suburb. I'm gonna be with Sebastian uh, on the 12th through the 14th. And then uh, some exciting news coming in the future. I really can't talk about. Uh, you know a little bit under yeah. the, under the vest, but that's coming up. And then obviously our tour of the South with uh, Bill in uh, starts April, I think 17th yeah. through like May 1st. It ends at the Kentucky Derby. We're uh, gonna have a blast. It's yep. gonna be a shit show. We got to do we get to do the Kentucky Derby on the grounds, and then later that night find some place to watch the Pacquiao Mayweather fight. It, it's gonna be it, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's a joke. I mean, I can't. It's yeah. a joke. I'm Cubans, so yeah. Bourbon. It's I mean, a I'm going to do like a 30-day cleanse before we do it. Yeah, I'm going to have to do it. Listen, I'm going to probably go into rehab right out of the, right out of it. You know what I mean? I'm, uh, I'm just going to ride a horse out of Churchill Downs to rehab. I'm going to show up on the, I'm going to show up to rehab on the last place horse.
<laughs> oh, that's great. Well, um, guys, like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, one thing that is near and dear to my heart, please, if, you, if you're listening to this, if you're in the New York area, March 26th, a benefit from my brother-in-law, Kevin Longto, uh, Bill Burr is coming out, uh, my buddy Chris Lambert is coming out, all my friends uh, that can, there's going to be special surprise guests, it's going to be an unbelievable lineup that night, and uh, it's going to be for a good cause, there's a scholarship um, in, his, in his name that we're going to raise money for, so come out to that. All my other local shows, you could go to paulverzi.com. I'll be at South by Southwest performing on uh, March 16th. And then I come back and I'm just going to be doing local stuff until the uh, Deep South tour. So you could check all that out uh, on my website and also go to uh, follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. And uh, that's it. This has been episode 200, part two. I'm glad my dear friend Jason Law had got to jump on it at the end. It was great. I hope you guys got two hours. Here's the best part for you lucky fucks, okay? Not only are you getting two hours this week, but the turnaround's going to be quick, and you're going to get episode 201 this Wednesday night. So it's a week of three hours of the Verzi Effect. Thank you all for listening, for making the numbers what they are. Thank you to All Things Comedy. Go follow them on Twitter, at All Things Comedy. My sponsor, GonzoFame.com. Check them out for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today. And this has been the Verzi Effect, everybody. Uh, next time I'll talk to you, I'll be in New York. And uh, I'm out of here. Thank you so much.